Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com. The Dolphins coaching staff has taken shape quickly over the last week since the Patriots won the Super Bowl. We know how we feel about that. Um, the hire, after the hiring of Brian Flores, he has rounded out his coaching staff very quickly. We're going to go through and give a high-level look on these hires, what the Dolphins had, what they have now, and what that could mean for the upcoming months here as we get into the NFL draft and free agency. Looking at the staff very quickly, Paul, only two real positional coaches remained, and that's running back coach slash running, running game coordinator Eric Studisville and defensive backs coach Tony Oden. So, but I really respect that, too, because when you take a look at the Dolphins roster and how they did last year, each and every week it seemed like running back and defensive back were the two positions we were always grading higher than the others. Yeah, I mean, outside of Darren Rizzi leaving, those two definitely did their jobs. And, you know, it's it's good to keep a little semblance of stability for the players as you move forward. Uh, so I'm glad to see those two stay. I think the running back, like you said, the running backs, defensive backs did their job week in and week out, and there really wasn't a problem there. So with those guys being up and coming, I, I like the move to keep those guys on the staff. Yeah, the Dolphins running backs averaged 4.7 yards a carry last year, which was ninth in the NFL. And the secondary had 17 picks, which was second in the NFL, behind only the Bears. So 
those two units, you can say, definitely did a whole heck of a lot. As you alluded to there, Paul, Darren Rizzi did end up leaving. He's accepted a job at the New Orleans Saints. I don't think that there's anybody, any Dolphins fan who could wish anything but great things for this guy. I kind of expected it to. Um, when he interviewed for the job, didn't get it. It was hard to see him go back into that special teams role. I was hoping that he was going to, but he did end up moving on. I'm glad he went to an NFC team, too. But Danny Crossman is hired in his place, and I understand he's from your hometown. Well, he's not from here, but he got his start as a coach, uh, right literally a stone's throw away at the U.S. Coast Guard Academy. That was after his World Bowl uh, MVP as in the inaugural World Bowl where he had three interceptions. But, you know, yeah, he got his coaching start right across the river here at the U.S. Coast Guard Academy in Connecticut. And, you know, I'm intrigued. It sounds like he's got a lot of experience, and I'd like to see what he can do with the players we have because Darren Rizzi left some really big shoes to fill. Yeah, and looking at the Bills special teams over the last few years, it seems like their special teams unit was such a joke in the 90s and the 2000s, but – over the last several years, it's done a really good job. He was the Bills special teams coordinator from 2013 to 2018. If he can bring the same level of energy as Darren Rizzi, then that's going to be a fantastic thing. It's going to be hard to match that, but and I would have liked Rizzi back, but the Dolphins do end up with Danny Crossman as their special teams coordinator. Let's go down the rest of the coaching staff. We're going to go from 2018 to 2019 here. So obviously Brian Flores takes over as the head coach of the Dolphins in his first year as head coach. Offensive coordinator, the Dolphins moved from Dowell Loggins by title only, where Adam Gase was really calling all the plays and the offensive line and ordering French fries and uh, doing God knows what else. But now Chad O'Shea, the Patriots wide receiver coach, is going to take over. It seemed like he was a hot coordinator candidate, but Josh McDaniels uh, is like the grandmother that just won't leave town. So Chad O'Shea never got his shot. Works out well for the Dolphins. At uh, running back, we stay the same with Eric Studisville. At wide receiver, Sean Jefferson is out. Carl, Carl Durrell is back in. Carl Durrell, for people that remember, he was the Dolphins wide receiver coach 2008 to 2010 and their quarterback coach in 2011. At tight end, they moved from a real unknown in Shane Day to George Godsey. So they go from a more of an unknown to a guy who was the Lions quarterback coach last year and was offensive coordinator of the Texans the few years before that. On the defensive side of the ball, Patrick Graham is the Dolphins' new defensive coordinator. He was the Packers' inside linebacker coach this past year. Just by having a pulse, he's going to be better than Matt Burke. Um, defensive line, we go from Chris I, – Paul, I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Kosarak? Uh, Kocher, who, who cares? Not, 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 not going to work here. Kocherik. Kocherik. <laughs> yeah. I like the office space quote there. Not going not not to work here anymore, right? To uh, Marion Hobby, and Marion Hobby is somebody we're going to dive into a little bit because he's an interesting one who comes over on the defensive line from the Jacksonville Jaguars after spending the last few years before that in Clemson. Linebacker, they moved from Frank Bush to Robbie Leonard, 
who was an assistant with the Giants for the last five years, took over their linebacker group this past year. Tony Oden stays, and uh, we already talked about Danny Crossman. So, Paul, a lot of changes there, obviously. What are some? What's your overall reaction to these changes, along with Jim Caldwell stepping in that in that senior advisory role, and with Dom Capers possibly? There were whispers of him stepping into that same role on defense. I love it. I mean, it's you've got two great resources coming in for a couple of first-time coordinators in O'Shea and Graham. And really, I know I sent this piece your way. There's a great piece by Hal Habib out there if you have not read it yet. And it really does a great job uh, as far as getting to know Chad O'Shea a little bit, because I know for a lot of fans, he is going to be a relative unknown. And the thing that Chad O'Shea said in that article that should basically just have Dolphins fans giddy at this point, and I will use the word giddy for it, because I don't know how many times we've talked about coaching searches, coordinator searches, et cetera, that I've said that this is what I want to hear out of somebody's mouth before I would even step forward in an interview was when asked about what he would do for his scheme or what scheme he plans to implement, he basically said, I don't know. And his reasoning for that was, was magical. It it was that he wants to assess the players on the roster, see what their strengths and weaknesses are and design the scheme based around the players that he has at any given moment. So, that is something fans should be really excited about. I'm so tired of these old crotchety ass coaches that come in with a scheme in place that it doesn't matter who your players are. They're going to try to stuff them into that role when it's not one that fits. And and this guy's coming in wanting to design an offense around the players that he has. And with players like Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Kenyon Drake under contract for next year, he should be able to design something awfully fun to watch. So I'm excited to see what we can see out of Chad O'Shea. I like that quote too, and it seems so common sense, but I like it. What, what, hap- what you should do, what good teams do, is they acquire as much talent as humanly possible, and then they work from their strengths from that point. And we haven't seen that a lot with Joe Philbin or with Adam Gaze. And it looks like Brian Flores' staff, at least to this point, is singing a little bit of a different tune. A quote I liked from Flores that he told WQAM, he was asked if he was going to play a 4-3 or a 3-4. And he said, I'm unable to say if I'm going to play a 3-4 or a 4-3. I'm not wired that way. You have to be scheme versatile. Each game is different. Every every opponent is different. I mean, that's fantastic. It seems so common sense. And he's obviously has to that has to resonate in everything that he does but I like that he is is aiming for this scheme to work in that way to be versatile to be unpredictable oh I'm a huge fan of that and I'm sorry there's 32 of each of these jobs in the world and there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of football coaches just in the United States alone and if you can't find somebody imaginative with vision to come in and and do the things that, you know, Chad O'Shea and Brian Flores and, and hopefully Patrick Graham are all looking to do, I'm sorry. You know, there, there's too many options out there to, to look at as far as somebody that can come in and do those things. And you watch what Brian Flores did in the playoffs in the Super Bowl as far as coaching. 
everybody else can have their Sean McVay clone all that they want. I'm, I've gone from, you know, why are we looking at this guy to why would we look at anybody else uh, in, in the course of one postseason? So it's, it's, I'm really excited for the future with this coaching staff. If they can keep the band together. And on the offensive side of the ball with Adam O'Shea, you look at how the Patriots played in terms of getting their running backs involved in the passing game. I expect Kenyon Drake's catch total to climb significantly this year in that role. It's not hard. I mean, if the running back goes out in the flat and he's open, check the ball down to him and hope that he makes some yardage. Don't make everything so very complex. On one of these hires that I really do like, two points I want to make about these is, number one, Marion Hobby coming from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was the defensive line coach for the last two years in Jacksonville. Two years ago, his first year there, albeit they had a lot of great free agent and draft talent on that team, but it was one of the best defensive line performances of the last several years. So you can't fault the guy for that. And then this past year, the Jaguars defense was still very good. But years before that, from 2011 to 2016, he was Clemson's defensive line coach. And he had a hand in recruiting a lot of players. I mean, you want to go back to 2015, the Clemson defensive line was Vic Beasley, who was a first-round pick of the Falcons, Grady, Grady Jarrett, who was a fifth-round pick, but has turned out to be the best of the bunch, Shaq Lawson was a first-round pick, and Kevin Dodd was a second-round pick. So he developed talent very well for Clemson. And then in 2016 and 2017, you have four players who are all going to be drafted in the first three rounds this year, with Cleveland Farrell and Christian Wilkins possibly being top 20 picks in this year's draft. So you have a defensive line coach with a reputation of overturning a lot of this talent that he has. And it also bears mentioning too, Paul, Vic Beasley, Grady Jarrett, Shaq Lawson are going to be free agents this year if Vic Beasley does indeed get cut, which there's talk about. So there's a lot of opportunity to have firsthand knowledge of these Clemson rookies coming out, as well as a lot of these free agents. There is, and, and just based off what we're talking about here, I can't imagine that these aren't guys that players aren't going to want to play for. I mean, you listen to and you look at the resumes already and what they've done. You've got Jim Caldwell, who's got a lot of ties around the league. So maybe able to turn over some stones. You got Dom Capers, who's got a lot of ties around the league and maybe able to turn over some stones. And then you've got creative guys that that are willing to do the things that make an average player look special. And I'm sorry, Dolphin fans, but you should be really excited about this this roster of coaches as well as Chris Greer and what he's been able to do thus far with Marvin Allen as the assistant GM, this is a front office and coaching staff to get excited about. And now given the roster that Miami already has, you add a little bit to it. You're going to see some players that you thought were kind of dunzo that are on the Dolphins roster. I think as we go along here that this coaching staff wants to keep and finds a way to make special. See, the thing is, Paul, I'm not going to say things that definitively yet. I like mm. what I see so far. But I remember being very excited about Adam Gaze and his coaching staff. Wasn't quite as excited about Philbin. 
but it was excited about Tony Sperano, and I have to be embarrassed to admit, I was excited about Cam Cameron and the staff he put together. He was a head coaching candidate for years before he came to Miami and, and flubbed out. But because the, the reality is, over the next three years, the Dolphins have to get that quarterback and they have to hit on that quarterback. Or in three or four years, you can pretty much count on everybody here being fired, probably through no fault of their own. But I like what they've put together here, at least on paper, because Flores, O'Shea, and uh, the defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, I like that they're first-year guys. though They can be a little bit more innovative. And then the positional coaches. You know, you look at Patrick Flaherty, who's been all around the NFL for the last 20 years and, and put together very good lines. Uh, George Godsey, the tight ends coach, used to be an offensive coordinator. The wide receiver coach, Carl Durrell, used to be a you know quarterback coach, wide receiver coach. Jim Caldwell used to be a Super Bowl head coach or a coach that got to the Super Bowl at least. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Marion Hobby not only has all that experience with developing defensive line, but also he was a defensive coordinator too at Clemson. So it seems like all of these coaches here appear to be ones that are just a step. I mean, it's almost a step below where they've been in the past, which could they make their job a lot more manageable. It could. And I mean, you, you'll recall, because I know we were doing the show together already when, when Gase got hired. I mean, you, you haven't seen me get excited about a coaching staff in a while, other than maybe Dan Campbell. Um, you know, towards the end of the Tony Sperano era when he finally got it, but got it too late and there was too much front office turmoil. Um, I was, I was excited for Sperano, but outside of that, I mean, I haven't been excited about the coaching staff because I haven't heard the things I want to hear and I'm hearing all the things I want to hear. And the good thing about those things is they're not the norm. So hearing those things, it's not like they're saying the things that, almost every head coach says when they come in it's it, and they've got the resume to show it that for, for the first year guys, they've got the experience to help them out as they grow. And there's a lot to be excited about. I mean, granted it, it when push comes to shove, we'll see where it lies. But as far as it goes right now, there is a lot to be excited about with the staff. Right. I, I like that. Brian Flores was not the sexy name. He's the guy that comes in. He works hard. He's got he's got the background of growing up in a poor city. He's worked his way up from a from the lowest part of the you know Patriots coaching staff all the way up to where he is now. And I think players are going to thrive off that. And he has a commanding presence, which is one thing we could tell immediately with Adam Gase and Joe Philbin that they did not have. So that will drive a lot of what the Dolphins do here over the next couple of months. Just a few notes too. You know, there's. There's a lot of crossover and familiarity fits based on players that might become available and who they've played for in the past in terms of coaching. You know, people automatically assume a lot that because a player has has worked with a certain coach that that automatically means there's going to be a familiarity again. That's not necessarily the case, but these things are worth pointing out. So Joe Flacco, for example, Jim Caldwell was his – Offensive coordinator in 2012, 2013, and he may be available this offseason. Paul and I both hope that that's not the case, but he is a name that's going to be thrown around there. Matt Schaub, too, is about 38 years old. He's probably going to, if not retire this year or be unsigned, he's not far away from that. 
Uh, he did work with Carl Durrell and with George Godsey in the past. They were both his quarterback coaches between 2012 and 2014. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carl Durrell, was on the Jets coaching staff in 2015 and 2016 when he really started to break out there and, until it all came crashing down with the Jets. And he's been either MVP or terrible every step of the way since then. Jake Rudock is a name that's been thrown around a lot. He was a former six-round pick out of Michigan. He's always been a toolsy type of kid, decent arm, decent size, has only thrown five passes, and one of them was an interception so far. But he will be potentially available here this offseason. And George Godsey, the tight end coach, did work with him. He was the quarterback coach of the Lions last year. Uh, on the defensive line, as I mentioned, you're going to have a lot of Jaguars defensive linemen possibly on the free agent market. Malik, ja Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle, may get cut. Marcel Darius might, too. They could be had to plug up a position if they're not too old. Dante Fowler and Andre Branch were also coached here by, Mar by uh, um, Marion Hobby. Excuse me. Uh, and then all the Clemson defensive linemen, Cleland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Austin Bryant, all expected to be picked in the top three rounds with Farrell and Wilkins projected to go in the top 20. So there are a lot of fits there, but I like that they have a bird's eye view of a lot of these players that are coming out. But the other side of that, Paul, is sometimes if a coach has coached a player, he may have seen something that he didn't like. This is true. And, and one thing I want to add as a caveat to that is I really don't see Miami chasing a Joe Flacco. I don't see them chasing a Ryan Fitzpatrick. If they part ways with Tannehill, I think it's going to be shake it out and see what they've got and shake it out and see if there's a reclamation project and shake it out and see if they can get somebody in the draft. I, I don't see a scenario where they're going to go out and spend a lot of money on a quarterback this year. That's not to say they're going to tank because I don't think they're going to try to tank. I, <laughs> I don't think this coaching staff has it in them, but I think they may end up having to play, uh, for those of us that are a little bit older, remember the movie Major League where the Cleveland Indians got staffed up with a bunch of idiots and they went out and they won it anyway. Uh, so, you know, it, it's I think this coaching staff is going to show how well they can be creative this season, given the fact that we may have a, lot, a big question mark at quarterback. Well, now I'm picturing Steve Ross uh, in a bikini where they're taking the puzzle pieces away for every every game that they win. So Pretty uh, hot, huh? Not if bad. somebody can Photoshop that for us, that'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, but to piggyback uh, on what you said there, Paul, yeah, I don't – there's not one scenario I'm confident in saying that I believe this is going to happen. I mean, I do believe Ryan Tannehill is going to be a goner. I think he will be cut. The Dolphins are going to completely start in a new direction. I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be Flacco. I don't think it would be Nick Foles if he becomes available and the Eagles don't franchise him, which would be insane if they did, because it wouldn't make sense. I mean, you're going to cut pay money to cut Tannehill, and then spend what fifteen twenty million to get Nick Foles or Joe Flacco on board here, and you're going to have the twenty eighth best quarterback in the league and spend thirty million dollars to do it. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I agree with you. Fitzpatrick is one I look at and say possibly. And the reason for that is because if this is a season where the Dolphins are not going to spend a lot of money, 
and you could say to Ryan Fitzpatrick, hey, come in here, you're going to be the incumbent starter, I think you can sell at least to the fan base that this is a guy who had a quarterback rating of over 100 last year, and for the first quarter of the year, he was the MVP of the league. I think you can at least try to sell that to your fans as a way to not tank. I'm not trying to say that he's a good fit, that he's going to be a good quarterback, but the Dolphins, I think, are going to end up with a quarterback like that. Someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Sam Bradford or RG3, somebody that comes in here for not a lot of money and at least tries to keep the seat warm for that eventual first-round pick of quarterback. Yeah, I just I, – I my gut tells me somebody's going to throw a Brinks truck at Coke Bus, UConn, Cornelius yet again, and we're going to see Fitzpatrick making way too much and price himself right out of Dolphins range. But, I mean, the RG3 possibility is a possibility. And don't forget, too, Brian Flores has already come out and said that he hasn't made a decision for himself yet as far as Ryan Tannehill goes. So we may well see that placeholder option with Ryan Tannehill, or we may see if Miami is able to get like a Kyler Murray or a Dwayne Haskins in the, in the first round of the draft this year, we may see Miami make a move on draft day either for a 2019 or a 2020 pick. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where those guys go because Dolphins picking 13th. If those, if Murray, Haskins, or anybody else really does impress, Drew Locke's been talked about as a top 10 pick now. Then it's yeah. uh, if if they've done well and they they do well through the pre-draft process, it's likely they'll go above the Dolphins. And there's no way I, at least at this point, I'd want to trade up for any of them. So, but there are a lot of different ways. Anybody that says that they know. What's going to happen with the Dolphins at quarterback is certainly lying. My only caveat to drafting a rookie, whether that's the first, second, or the third round, is in the 2021 draft, if that quarterback that you draft in 2019 is not where he needs to be, you need to be open to a lot more options. You have to hit on this quarterback spot in the next three years. You can't, you can't be at the spot that you've been in the last 11 years when you've been relying on Chad Henney and on Ryan Tannehill. But – We've gone way off the rails here as far as the potential personnel in the quarterback spot, but it's hard to get away from the quarterback position, too. But we're going to be talking a lot more about that. Paul and I are going to break down a lot of free agents, a lot of draft picks here over the next couple of weeks and over the next couple of months. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.